0: Welcome, Revolutionary Mama, to the Raising Wild Hearts podcast. I'm Ryan Watkin, educator, mom of three, rebel at heart, and passionate soul on a mission to empower and inspire you. Here, we'll explore psychology, spirituality, parenthood, and the intersection where they all come together. We'll discover how challenges can be fertile soil for growth, and that even in the messy middle of motherhood, we can find magic in the mundane. Join me on my own personal journey as I talk to experts and share resources on education, creativity, self-care, family culture, and more. I believe we can change the world by starting at home in our own minds and hearts, and that when we do, we'll be passing down the most important legacy there is, healing. And so it is. Hey, you. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back to the Raising Wild Hearts podcast. I'm really excited. Oh my gosh, I'm hearing myself say it because I always say it because I'm always really excited. Um, Yeah, today we're going to be talking about three ways to connect with your kids our kids. Um, Yeah, I really like this this topic because, I mean, I don't know what is actually more important for the relationship we have with the people in our lives than connection. So, yeah, it's an important one. Before we start, I'm going to let you know what I'm reading right now. And what am I reading right now? I'm reading The Untethered Soul by michael singer oh and you guys this is one of those for me that i've let i've read a lot of um, spirituality books i've read a lot of eckhart tolle eckhart Tolle. i don't know the jury's still out on how you actually pronounce his name but and so and i while i love his work and others too um Marianne Williamson. I can probably name more, but I'm not going to right now. Um, So because what I'm reading now is The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. So what resonated with me the most about this book is the practicality of it. So while it went, you know, kind of out there, and it was spiritual in nature, and it talked about the soul and things like that, it felt very... Also, at the same time, I love those paradoxes. It felt very down to earth for me because he really described how to be present in your own body and in your own experience at any given time. And he talked about finding the voice behind the voice in your head, which essentially is your soul. So the person the person, the, the being, witnessing you thinking, being, doing, feeling, right? Um, so I thought it was a cool, like very practical guide to getting to know your soul. And I'm going to share a quote that I really resonated with from this book. And he says, all great teachings reveal the way of the center, the way of balance Constantly look to see if that's where you are living or if you are lost in the extremes. The extreme create their opposites. The wise voice them. Find balance in the center and you will live in harmony. Oh, I just, when I read that, this was towards the end of the book, and I felt the full body, yes, because I think we're at a time right now in history that is so uh, divided, right? Are you this or are you that? Pick a side, right? If you're not with us, you're against us. Like, And when we find the center, the way of balance, I mean, there's nothing more beautiful. Maybe there's something more beautiful, but right now I'm going to say there's nothing more beautiful than living in that center, allowing the paradoxes to be witnessing the presence of the paradoxes, but choosing, consciously choosing the center. All right. So what is connection? What is connection and why do we want to be connected to our kids? Connection is that is it a feeling, right? I was going to say it's that feeling that we get when we're with somebody and we're vibing with them, right? Um, I can imagine that connection for our kids is really feeling seen and heard and witnessed. Uh, I just left my yoga class today and I was talking with somebody and she said, how are the girls? So my two older are girls. They're six and eight. And she said, how are the girls? I said, they're they're just so energetic. And That's great, and I love their energy. And also, sometimes, it annoys the heck out of me because they want to be full blast in their energy and they're this like bouncy, just vibrant, vivacious state. And I'm like, "Yo, Mama's got to cook dinner right now, or Mama's got to change little bro's diaper." And like, I see this energy you're feeling, and I mean mama mama doesn't have time right now for that no and that and so the picture that I'm painting is that when I realize that my mind's telling me you don't have time for your kids to be energetic right now you don't have time to witness or to see your kids or to stop what you're doing and be present with them and really listen to them and mirror back what they're saying and mirror back their excitement oh my gosh you're so excited you just did that flip for the first time you've been practicing so hard on that right seeing them hearing them witnessing them for what they love and on the other side. Gosh, you're having such a hard time right now. You really wanted to have a lollipop. This is such a silly example. You really wanted to have a lollipop. And mom said no. Yeah, I know. It's so frustrating when you can't have what you want. I know. I know exactly how you feel. Ugh. And so really taking time to see here and be present for our kids, that goes with our partners. Our coworkers, our friends, our, you know, right, being present in the moment, seeing them, hearing them for who they are. Um, So in a nutshell, for me, that's connection. Why do we want to be connected with our kids? I mean, to me, the relationship builder is connection. So when I think about five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road, what foundation have I built to continue to be connected to my children as they grow into their own sovereign beings. I mean, they already are their sovereign beings, but as they continue to grow. Um, And everything we've done up until this point in our lives is evidenced by looking around. So when you look around at your life right now, where you are financially, emotionally, spiritually, uh, relationship status, all the things, every single choice you've made unconscious and conscious, up until this moment in your life has created this moment in your life. So when I think about connection, I think about building this strong, healthy, foundational relationship. And it doesn't mean it's perfect. And it doesn't mean it's easy. But it does mean that there's a strong foundation. And that when something goes wrong, Let's, I'm picturing a house right now. So we have a strong cement foundation of our homes, right? And if the wind blows and the, you know, a window breaks or a roof tile comes off, we have a strong foundation. The house is still there. We do repair. Same thing in our relationships. So that's why we want to be connected to our kids. So that way, when we do hit the rough spots, because we will, that it will be, Repairing that will be, you know, preserving the relationship and keeping that foundation strong. So, yeah, that's why we want to do that. So three ways to connect with your kids. These specifically are three ways that I have in my life integrated tremendously. So, while there are so many more examples, these are the three examples that I can tell you with great certainty they work. Um, so I'm like super pumped to share these with you because I've integrated these and this is not something I'm working on, this is something I've worked on. And that is at this point pretty much just a part of my it, it's almost unconscious. I I don't know what another way to describe that. It's automatic. Let's call it automatic. So for now these things are automatic for me. Um so yeah, I'm excited to hear what you guys think about it. I know there's more. We're going to talk about 3. Number 1. This is going to ruffle some feathers, which let me be honest. I love. <laughs> so um number 1 is stop saying good job. Oh my god. Do you hear that? Do you hear all the moms at the playground screaming? They stop saying good job. What do you mean? Um, And this is not my idea. This is Alfie Cohn's idea. And I'm going to link his article, Five Reasons to Stop Saying Good Job, in the show notes so you can read for yourself. Um, So, yes, stop saying good job. And you can read more for yourself in this article. He's got a fabulous article and it lays out, you know, some of the reasons. And I'm curious what you think about these reasons for me it felt very full body yes it felt like oh yes that makes sense i felt when i put myself back in my inner child's shoes right when i think back to me as a kid i'm like oh yeah okay that i would have felt more seen heard and understood it, like from these things um so yeah take take what you want and leave what you don't. And so instead of saying good job just for the reason of for the purpose of this this podcast, this conversation, I will break down with you a couple of my thoughts. So and and the way that I utilize it in my life. So my I'm going to use a real life example. My daughter is doing she's creating a book. And she is Furiously, just creating this book, and she's so into it, and she's like in her zone, and she's doing illustrations, and she's doing words, and she's got a table of contents and an index, and a th- and it's like, oh my god, it's it's so good, and I'm like so fascinated by it, right, and I'm in awe of her energy and her passion for this project that she has, and she comes to me and she goes, mom look, look at this book. I made this book. And I've been watching her make the book, you know, the whole time. And I've been noticing, wow, you made that book. It looks like you worked really hard on that. What's your favorite part? Wow. How did you know how to make that? So to take a step back now, in essence, what I'm doing is, is So let's take a bird's eye view, not a step back. Let's take a bird's eye view. In essence, what I'm doing is I'm narrating my experience of her work. And I'm asking her open-ended questions to tell me more. And there's a whole host of reasons that that we do this, right? And one of the reasons is to create intrinsic motivation. So I frequently talked back in the day. Some of you may have heard me talk about being the gold star kid, and I wanted the gold star and I wanted the good job, or at least I thought I did, right? And I was also, uh, I was always searching for that extrinsic reward instead of coming back into my body, my heart, my mind, my center, and saying like, what did I love most about this? what do I love most about this? How did I know how to create this? Where did this come from? So it creates this hopefully lifelong intrinsic motivation. Yeah. So that's number one. Uh, Number two is create an awareness board. So maybe you have like a calendar or a dry erase board or a bulletin board or something like that. um, And you can make it, Part of it, just a little corner of it, into an awareness board. Because, well, for a few different reasons. Sometimes empathy feels super intangible. So if our kid is having a meltdown or they're super upset about something and their emotions are really heightened, we are, and we're like cooking dinner. And we're, like, trying to keep the baby from, like, spilling the bag of rice. and But our older kid is, like, melting down. Like, empathy in that moment feels really intangible. It feels like I can't put myself in her situation right now because, look at I got this situation going on for me right now. So what an awareness board does is I say, okay, um, I see that you're having a hard time. Maybe I know the whole story or maybe I don't know the whole story. I see you're having a hard time. Please go to the awareness board. In our house, we call something different, but let's. So, for this purpose, we'll call it awareness board. Go to the awareness board and, you know, do your steps. And here are the steps on the awareness board I feel, I need, try again. Okay. So, they go to the awareness board and they get out a dry erase marker and they write down, okay, I feel you know really pissed off i'm just kidding my kids don't write that they they would write mad so i'm feeling mad i need to breathe typically when they're mad they don't say i need to breathe but when they're mad they'll say like i need a freaking snack <laughs> you know like maybe their blood sugar's really low or i need to go to the bathroom or i just need a break And then try again is that reflective piece of like, okay, I was really mad. Now they've done something to calm down, right? So they've done something that their body needed or a way to calm down. And now they kind of reflect and they go, okay, so I can choose differently and or try again. Um, So this is like a really tangible way for us to see what's going on for them. We're seeing what they're writing down. And then it's a way for them to... Get out of their lower brain, their reptilian brain. It's a way for them to to get their uh, prefrontal cortex a little bit back on on track. It's a way for them to get into their thinking brain instead of their feeling brain. So, and not that the feeling brain is bad. We're not going to like do good bad thing here. It's that in order for them to make a positive good choice, that they need to be thinking. If they're in their emotional brain, they might take a you know, toy and throw it into the wall or they might smack their sibling or whatever it is. So we want them to get out of their reptilian brains and back into their like, okay, I'm calm, I'm safe. I can think straight, mostly, brains. Okay, number three, repair. This is so, this is one of the things, gosh, it's so impactful for me. And it feels like such a Like security blankie for me, even talking about it, because we're going to screw up. We are going to make terrible choices. And for us to have this tool called repair is tremendously valuable for us, for our kids, and for the connection between the two of us, right? Um, So after you've done a less than stellar job, You get to go back to your kid and you get to say, Mommy messed up. Or, you don't deserve to be talked like that by anyone. Or, I'm really sorry about that. How can I help now? Um, So those are a few phrases that frequently get thrown around by me in my house after I mess up because I do mess up. And um, we all mess up. And when we're using our challenges – and our mistakes as opportunities to further create connection, to just be connected to our humanness as hard as it can feel sometimes. It's just, it's such a beautiful thing. So yeah, those are the three top um, things that I use in my house to build that connection bridge for me and my children. And here's what I will leave you with. This week and today. When do I feel most connected to my kids? So, when do you feel this strong sense of connection? So often I hear parents say, Well, I can't play because play is okay. We're going to do a bonus strategy here. We're going to do an off the cuff bonus strategy. (laughs) Playing with your kids is really, really a good way to, um, to spark connection, to build connection. And if you're anything like me, you don't like playing. This is playing for me. <laughs> Sitting down on the ground and like pretending to like eat a mud pie. Sometimes I can I can dig that, excuse the pun. But a lot of the times I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not here. I'm not here for it. I'm not down for it. I'm not down with it. So play can be really tricky um, because play is all about presence. It's all about not judging what you're doing or saying, not judging what anybody else is doing or saying. It's just being in the moment and using that creativity. So when do you feel most connected to your kids? Maybe it is when you're playing with them or when they're playing with you, um, when you're taking direction from them or when they're like, let's play this game or whatever it is. Um, Maybe that is it. But ask yourself, like, when do I feel most connected? Um, for me, it's not that playtime. It's, yeah, it's other times. Anyway, this, this question's for you. I'm going to ponder it too, because I, I ponder a lot of what I talk about, or I've already pondered much of it. But yeah. Um, and how about, when do I feel most connected to myself? So when are you feeling most connected to yourself, your true self, your highest self, your present self? How about your spouse or your partner? When are you feeling most connected to them? How about your higher power, whatever you believe in? When are you feeling most connected to God, universe, creator, source? Throw in whatever name you want to there. When are you feeling most connected? And how can you explore connection? In the coming days and weeks? How can you play around with it? How can you make it fun? Again, how can we remove that foggy lens of judgment to just be curious about connection and what's going to build that strong foundation that's going to last for years to come with your kids, also with yourself, with the other people in your lives, right? Um, yeah, I'm really excited to Continue talking about a lot of these things. So many of the concepts I'm talking about, there's there's lots to unpack. So there's more to come. Um, I mentioned briefly, like you know, the reptilian brain, the nervous system. I'm gonna keep unpacking all of these as we go throughout this journey, um, because some of these concepts, all of these concepts, are just really crucial for us to understand. Once we have so much information at our fingertips, we're able to make better choices for ourselves and our families and our kids. So I'm really excited for that. And thanks for being here today. Um, If you feel called and inspired, I would love it if you could leave a five-star review and just leave some words about what you love about being here. Um, I'm endlessly grateful. That's how the show is going to get into the hands and earbuds of more mamas and a few good dads who need to hear this. So... I'm excited to hear from you and I will talk to you next time. Bye.